What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Hi, hang out with me for a second. Coming up this Friday on the After Party Podcast with me and Kimberly, it's part two of our special year-end shows about the 1980s. We're going year by year talking about news events, music, movies, pop culture, all the things from the 1980s. We already covered 1980, 81, and 82 last week. So this Friday, December 8th, it's going to be 1983, 84, 85, the most 80-ish of all the 80s years. But the only way you can listen is by subscribing to the After Party level on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Show. So don't miss out. Again, go to bobseskashow.com or patreon.com slash Show. Choose the After Party level, enter your information, and you're all set. Thanks so much for supporting this podcast and our 80s shows. And now let the cartoons begin. The Bob Seska Show. Bob Seska. Merry Christmas, groovy listeners. This is Smokey Robinson. Have a super happy Christmas and a most successful coming year. The Bob Seska Show. Thank you, Smokey. From our nation's capital, it is Tuesday, December 5, 2023, and this is the Bob Seska Show on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Hi there, I'm Bob. Hello, Bob. Hi, day 1049 of the Biden-Harris administration, 335 days into the 24th presidential election. You can find me on threads and Instagram at TheBobSeska, Twitter, BobSeska underscore go, spoutable Bob Seska, Patreon, BobSeskaShow.com, and that guy sitting right over there, it's Buzz Burbank with the news. Yeah. You say Buzz Oh. What the hell, Kevin? <laughs> Hi. Channeling, channeling Liz there. Hi, <laughs> Hi everybody. Uh, more correctly, he is Bob, I am Buzz, and we make the show ourselves to pass the savings on to you. Uh, House Republicans finally kicked out serial liar George Santos. Aww. Uh, congressional votes for his New York district are now being cast by someone named Esmeralda. <laughs> I don't know... Ah, perfect. Uh, House Speaker Mike Johnson said he had real reservations about expelling George Santos, mm-hmm. so he decided to impeach Joe Biden. <laughs> Naturally. What? <laughs> um, I, I thought I thought California Governor uh, Gavin Newsom performed very well last week mm-hmm. in his uh, Fox News debate with Scott Farkas and Butch. <laughs> I thought really he did a fine job yeah. against those two <laughs> bullies. <laughs> Henry Kissinger uh, died this week at age 100 Aww. and immediately ordered the bombing of purgatory. <laughs> I, 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 I didn't I see it. that coming. Yeah, uh, the, Ron DeSantis, uh, the Ron DeSantis presidential campaign still struggling. Man, mm-hmm. it's rough. Uh, resignations left and right. Yeah. Now, now the head of his super PAC has quit. 
uh, so he can pursue his true goal of becoming a drag performer. <laughs> of course. Who knew? Yeah. Who knew? <laughs> and, and for the first time ever, a commercial plane has crossed the Atlantic Ocean without using fossil fuels. Wow. Instead, it used a mixture of fats and sugars, uh, which means someday you could fly home for Christmas on Trump's ass. <laughs> All right, you chipmunks. Ready for Joe Biden? I'll say we are. Electoral college time is near. Time for Trump to sow some fears. We all vote and we can't wait. Hurry, Biden, don't be late. Don't they? Uh, we don't want to overdo it. What do you mean overdo we it? We want him arrested. Yeah, he should be arrested. Why do we have to A timeless holiday classic from Rocky Mountain Mike, Rocky MNT, and Mike on t- Twitter. Oh, man. Yeah. You know what? I think that's the first time I've ever played that one. I don't know why. I don't know why I missed that one every year. And it's been a I few years, obviously. This was, uh, I guess, recorded uh, right after the 2020 election. But still applies, still applies today, sadly it, enough. Yeah. It, it does indeed, and it is timely. It is it is the season, as they say. Yes, that's right. And you know what else this is the season for? <laughs> oh, man. Part one of our 80s series on the Friday After Party, just a, a rousing success. If I do say so myself, Buzz. <laughs> Here's where I pat myself on the back by reading the reviews, because the reviews are in and they're overwhelmingly good. Kate Jackson, yeah, Kate Jackson says, this is so much fun. Craig Dagnalt said, uh, I love the first segment of the 80s show, Andrew Coutinho. I want to bathe in this every month. Lisa Mora said, I loved this, in all caps. Jen Hardy, this was way more fun than I was expecting. Chris Ortiz, effing goosebumps. I like that one. Jeffrey Bigger said, uh, what an amazing episode. I can't wait for the rest of this series of podcasts. It's such a wonderful trip down memory lane. Thank you for putting this together. You're welcome, Jeffrey. Jesse Cervantes writes, uh, this show gave me life. In all caps, the after party is my favorite of all the shows of the week. I'm sorry, Buzz. It's all right. I, I understand. I understand. And, and I understand this, why, too. And this series uh, already has me riveted. I'm going to re-listen to this again tomorrow. That's what I love to hear. Thanks, Bob and Kimberly, for the great show. Gravy Dog 88 says, I couldn't wait to hear this. I wasn't disappointed. Love the special format. It brings back memories. Keep it up, Bob. And uh, one of our Patreon subscribers named Shake. Your booty. I don't think that's his real name. Uh, right. Uh, this show is fantastic. So many memories. And there it is. Congratulations. The glowing reviews the, from our Patreon page. Now, of course, the pressure's on not to screw up the rest of the series. So. Uh, yeah, thank you for putting that stress <laughs> on me, Mr. Burbank. Yeah. You will be fine. You have proven you are up to the task. And uh, I'm not surprised that this is a big success. And this is the kind of thing people need. Uh, you, you may well be on to something here. 
I hope so, because this Friday we're doing 1983, 1984, 1985. The 80s right. series continues on this week's After Party on our Patreon page. And by the way, it is exclusive to our Patreon page. You have to subscribe to the After Party level, $10 a month, patreon.com slash Show, in order to uh, listen to the 80s shows. And you'll be able to, if you sign up now, you'll be able to go back and listen to uh, Friday's episode. In fact, if you sign up for the After Party, you get the entire archives. So right. you can go back years and listen to all the After Party episodes if you want to, or all of the Shadow Docket episodes if you're into that sort of thing, if you're into right. <laughs> self-flagellation. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, as I said, uh, this Friday, 83, 80, 45. Next week, it's going to be 86 through 89. I don't know how we're going to get four years into a single episode because we barely got 80, 81, 82 into the first wow. episode. So fingers crossed that Good we luck. don't uh, that we don't yammer too much and take up too much time. So I, I luck, hope Bob, we're all counting on you. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. Again, patreon.com slash Bob Suska show for our 80 series. Thought we'd end up the year on a fun note, right? That does it. That will do it. Yes. Well, on the opposite end of that fun spectrum, Liz Cheney is doing her book tour. And as we have been for some time now, raising that five alarm warning to America, right? Mm -hmm. um, Cheney actually called it a five alarm emergency on yeah. Rachel Maddow last night, which was James, did you watch the interview last night? I did. I did, in fact. And, and I'm, I'm grateful for, for what she's doing there. Yeah. Uh, you know, or and, and in general, I'm, I'm grateful for the fact that she's not just carrying that message to Rachel's audience, uh, but uh, to uh, to Republicans. Yeah, That's exactly. That, the, the folks who actually need to hear it. Right. Well, she said right at the top, the reason why this is so important or one of the reasons why this is so important. And that is that Democrats, liberals like Rachel Maddow and conservatives like Liz Cheney, are seeing this for exactly what it is, which is a major threat to the republic. It's a threat to democracy. He cannot be allowed to win the next election. For for this one shining moment, we're not having the sky is blue, the sky is green argument. <laughs> yeah. For one shining moment, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, this Republican and a few others are in agreement with us that, that the sky is blue, that there is a very real threat to democracy, uh, both in Donald Trump and in the Republican Party itself. This is how we start a more stable future for American democracy, by finding some form of way to compromise, to reach common ground with conservatives. And I'm not talking about Trump MAGA conservatives. I'm talking about normal, quote-unquote normal conservatives, even if it's only, some. yeah, even if there's only two or three percent of them. That is the basis right. upon which we can build a, uh, you know, I don't know what you would call it, a reconstruction of the republic after all of the Trump damage. But before we get into the specifics of what Liz Cheney said uh, yesterday, I also mm -hmm. got clips of her on the Today Show and uh, Morning Joe in addition to Rachel Maddow. We're going to listen to okay. a couple things here in a second. But before we talk about that, I want to address the Cheney elephant in the room. Yeah. And the best way to set that up is through this tweet that Charlie Pierce, our friend Charlie Pierce, wrote on uh, okay. Twitter the other day. He said, the redemption of Liz Cheney is now blessed by, quote unquote, liberal MSNBC and kindly Doc Maddow. Charlie Pierce is the writer I want to be when I grow up. Uh, 
she is still a reactionary acorn that has not fallen far from the poisoned tree. He's talking about Dick Cheney, of course. She was not that before. She is that now. She will wake up as that tomorrow. And then he wrote, prove to me that she moves one vote. Same goes for most of the never Trump apologists. And yes, you know what? I sympathize with what Charlie's saying here. I get the fact that she's Liz Cheney and she believes that Democrats want to murder babies right after they're born, etc. All of the insane dogma that we've seen from the Republican Party for so many years. But at the same time, I feel as though, and you can say it with me because I've said this many, many times, Buzz, and you know this, I know this, everyone's heard me say it. With elections that come down to one or two percentage points, maybe down to the precinct level, where the number of votes for Biden, the number of votes for Trump at the precinct level could determine the future of American democracy. We are in a time where elections are so goddamn close. Every vote matters. And if Liz Cheney going around uh, waving a red flag and saying, warning, 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 will change five votes, 10 votes, 15 votes. That could swing an entire goddamn election. Don't forget that even before all of this really serious divisiveness in America, the 2000 election came down to 500-something votes in Florida. It could be that close. And are we willing to turn away help in warning of no. the dangers of Trump. We, we, are, we are not. Charlie Pierce yeah. is, is smarter than me and uh, is more desired by Jody Hamilton. <laughs> Same. Than me. Uh, how, 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 however, I, I disagree with him on this one point, and yeah. I agree with you, Bob, and that is that every vote counts. Yeah. Uh, uh, if Liz Cheney can move one vote, uh, yeah. I'm all for it. Yeah. If the if the New York Times, by finally coming out yesterday and uh, warning the public of what Trump has said he has planned for his next presidency, should he get one, yeah. uh, between uh, this, it, it can't hurt. It, it and and uh, as as much as I I wouldn't trust Liz Cheney any farther than I can throw her dad. Uh, I as as. <laughs> As much no, wait, as wait, wait, wait. Now I'm just envisioning you throwing Dick Cheney. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah. As, as much as I do not trust her, yeah. uh, I will accept her help on this point. Yeah. I, I will not vote for her for president, and uh, you have just given reasons why she should never be allowed to be president, mm-hmm. uh, and we will always disagree with her on everything except this. It's what, it's what I've always said. Yeah. Uh, they are your enemy until they agree with you on something, and then they are your ally on that for that period of time. Mm-hmm. On that one thing for that finite period of time, the two of you together are more powerful than you by yourself. So always accept help from whatever the source, whether it's uh, Liz Cheney or the New York Times or both, and if either one of them or both of them can move a single vote, we're all in favor of it. As Liz Cheney herself has pointed out, and I don't know if this is in your tapes or not, but uh, there are um, millions, maybe, of Americans who do not know what happened on January 6th yep. because it was not covered on OAN or whatever channel they were watching that right. day. As far as they know, nothing ever happened. As far as they know, there never was an attack on the nation's capital. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is what we're up against. Uh, and and uh, we've learned from past experience that there's no changing the 
minds of Ma and Pa MAGA. Yeah. Uh, so every single vote we can get, and if if the New York Times can help, if Liz Cheney can help, we're going to accept that help. Here's the other benefit that Liz Cheney brings to the table in all of this. For many, many years, and those of us who were around in Blogosphere 1.0, those of us who were around 50 years ago during some of the protests that happened in that era, uh, we all have used the Nazi word to describe the Republicans. We have all used the accusation that the Republicans are going to destroy democracy. Republicans are going to destroy freedom. Republicans, that Republicans like Hitler That Republican's a fascist. And this is well-worn territory for us on the left to say about the Republicans. And quite honestly, in many, many cases, it's been accurate. But here's the thing. Here we are now where the threat is more real than it's ever been of fascism, of a modern sort of neo-Hitler in the United States. We've got this confluence happening right now between the rise of fascism and the rise of anti-Semitism in the United States. We can see it all over social media, all over TikTok. This is not anything that's hidden uh, below the surface. However, what gives it more validity if there is a conservative Republican or ex-Republican, however you want to define Liz Cheney or Adam Kinzinger or many of the others, these are ex-Republicans who are now agreeing with us. It's like the entire series of Atlantic articles they published over the weekend, where you got David Frum and you've got all these esteemed writers, these thought leaders, who up to this point have not found common cause with the left, saying that this is a five-alarm emergency in the United States. That adds so much validity. And when we're talking about maybe a handful of swing voters in, as I said before, in this precinct or that precinct or that district or the other district in this swing state or that swing state, when you've got that handful of voters that need to be convinced that this is an existential crisis for American democracy, if Republicans are saying, if conservatives are saying it, it adds so much more heft to the argument than just us saying, you know, because the accusation is often, well, it's just partisan hyperbole. Yeah, you're just saying that because you always say that. Well, no, listen to these guys. Listen to David Frum and Adam Kinzinger and Liz Cheney. They're all talking about this. The entire uh, Never Trump, including the Lincoln Project guys, they're all saying it too. And that adds, as I said, way more heft, doesn't it? I mean, it's... It, it, yeah, it does. And in years past, when we would uh, maybe prematurely use the word Nazi on, on a Republican, it was because we saw in them or in their comments yeah. a flash of Nazism. We saw in them a, a Nazi tick, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, a saison of Nazi, you know, <laughs> just, just a, just a little, just a little whiff, just a little whiff of, of, of fascism uh-huh. in them. And, and this is different because now we're talking about dehumanizing, uh, people as vermin to be rooted out, yeah. mass deportations, uh, concentration camps, purging uh, government employees in favor of loyalists. This isn't just a, this is no longer a tick. This yeah. is, this is a plan. Right. This is this has gone from hey, I, it seems like there's a little Nazi in that guy to hey, they have a Nazi plan. Yeah, they do. And here's the yeah. thing with what I was saying about uh, you know the messaging of liberals' past. The fact of the matter is, we were all seeing this coming from a thousand miles away. 
Mm. We all saw this oh. coming down Main Street 20 years ago with Carl Rove, 40 years ago with Lee Atwater. And, uh, I'm not know. sure I saw it. I'm not sure I saw it coming. I mean, I saw what they were doing, but I didn't know I didn't know that this was the end game. I was uh, perhaps too naive yeah. and thought that this was part of just just part of politics. Yeah. Uh, I knew that what they were doing was bad and wrong and full of lies. I did not know. I, in my naivete, did not know it would lead to this date. Oh, otherwise I would have fought harder. I really would have. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I completely understand that. And, and that's part of the thing. I think if you had heard it from maybe a conservative Republican, that you would have probably seen it more clearly at that early stage. And and it's, mm-hmm. you know what, you're you're no different than millions of other Americans. And, and here's part of the problem that we face right now, which is a, a number of voters, and you can see it if you believe the polls. I get it. The polls are janky right now, mm-hmm. but let's handicap the polls by 10 percentage points. You still see a lot of Americans who are going to be going out to vote mm-hmm. based on the price of bread or the price of yeah. gas, right. not based on the fact that if Donald Trump wins again, that's going to be it. There's going to be no chance to vote him out in 2028. He's it. He's the American Putin. That's the yeah. end game. Yeah, and you know, and this really worries me. I mean, it's, I guess it won't surprise America to learn that uh, two-thirds of Floridians yeah. dis- disapprove of Joe Biden. That, that probably won't surprise most of America. Mm-hmm. Here's what surprised and depressed me. 25% of Florida Democrats don't support don't support Joe Biden. Jesus. One, one out of four Democratic voters in the state of Florida, eh, not that excited about Biden. Yeah, yeah. Well, along with what I just said about not getting a chance to vote in 2028, mm-hmm. here's uh, Liz Cheney. I believe this was on the Today Show yesterday. Oh. So let's listen to Liz Cheney here. A vote for Donald Trump uh, may mean the last election that you ever get to vote in. And again, mm-hmm. I, I don't say that lightly. Um, and it, it, I think, is heartbreaking that that's where we are, but people have to recognize that that a vote for Donald Trump is a vote against the Constitution. To be clear about what she's talking about here in terms of what is afoot, uh, one of the things we've been talking about extensively is Project 2025, which is an actual thing by people surrounding Donald Trump, all of his closest advisors, the brain trust behind this slobbery maniac, right? They're all putting together this uh, this series of plans that will be implemented on January 20th, 2025. We're going to see uh, Donald Trump stacking the federal government with 54,000 loyalists who will backstop him when he says, no more elections, Thanos snap. Uh, no more democracy, Thanos snap. Let's start arresting dissidents, Thanos snap. All that shit starts going down. And he's got the protection. He'll have the protection with all these lawyers who, by the way, are interviewing for jobs right now. They are recruiting these 54,000 loyalists right now. It's happening right now. It's verified in papers of record. This is going on. And so in that regard, and then Liz Cheney also talked about uh, the courts and how the courts have always been this bulwark of sanity, right? At least from her point of view. And... Donald Trump will, of course, ignore the courts. Even even lately, and 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 Judge Cheney has pointed this out too. But even lately, uh, courts, where regardless of whether judges have been appointed by Trump or or some Democratic president, uh, the courts have been, for the most part, ruling correctly on all of these Trump cases. Yeah, exactly right. And then, how can they enforce these right. ruling if if they rule against Donald Trump on day one? Donald Trump tries to fire. 
54,000 federal workers wow. on day one. They rule against him. Do <laughs> you think he's going to pay attention to that shit? Because, no. yeah, make me. He's going to be like Andrew Jackson. Make me do it. And now, they're not going to be able to make him. This is only if he gets elected. Unfortunately, the way things stand now, if the election were held today, yeah. we, we're, pardon my language here, you may, if you have sensitive ears, uh, you may want to cover them because uh, if we don't win this election, we're fucked. Yeah. Okay? Yeah, that's it. Yep. We are. And by the way, while you're looking up stuff, if you, uh, you know, you're not sure about this Project 2025 thing, it is very real. Mm -hmm. And what you should know about it is uh, that's a plan for almost whoever gets elected uh, from the Republican side. So if for some reason uh, Trump is not the nominee or is not the guy who gets elected, uh, there's still plenty of Project 2025 to go around yeah. for whoever that Republican president might be. I would also uh, urge our audience to Google uh, the phrase Agenda 47 because there is a Trump website that outlines his plans. So in addition to Project 2025, as if those things were not terrifying enough, wait, mm -hmm. there's more. There's something called Agenda 47 that uh, lists even more nightmares. Uh, these people need to look at this so they know, so you know what you're up against here. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about things like the very real possibility of Chief of Staff Stephen Miller. Whoever becomes chief of staff under Donald Trump effectively becomes co-president. And we don't even know what kind of maniac is going to get appointed to that role. And that's the other thing about this plan that Donald Trump plans to implement uh, if he becomes president again. Right. And that is to have an entire cabinet of acting cabinet secretaries where he doesn't need approval from the Senate. And even if the Senate decided to do its advice and consent thing, uh, who's right. to say Donald Trump's going to pay a goddamn lick of attention to whatever the Senate says? He's going to appoint whoever the fuck he wants to appoint. And I guarantee to you, some of those loyalists are going to be appointed within the FBI, within the U.S. Marshals. Who is going to stand up to Donald Trump without immense violence in the United States? These are the stakes that we're talking about here that are absolutely real. Now, I want to get back to uh, what we were talking about with regard to the courts, because Liz Cheney had something to say about that, too. Who do you see that's going to stand up to him? Well, I, I think that's exactly the danger that we face if you think about the future. Um, you know, I, there have been uh, editorials written uh, saying, well, you know, this was in the Wall Street Journal a few weeks ago. You know, if Donald Trump is, is elected again, we really don't have to worry because the the institutions of our government will prevent, you know, the worst that he will attempt to do. Uh, oh, hang on. I want to pause right there just because I want to make sure we emphasize the fact that the institutions of the government will be stacked with Donald Trump loyalists. Of course. Who will do exactly what he wants them to do. I mean, we're talking about 54,000 positions that were straight up government jobs turned into political appointees by Donald Trump who will serve at the pleasure of the president and do whatever he asks them to do. That nothing could be further from the truth because those Republicans, you know, a House with Republicans like Mike Johnson, uh, a Senate with people like Josh Hawley and Mike Lee, they won't stand up to him. The yeah. other thing that's really important in this regard is he will not abide by the rulings of the courts. Yeah. And I think right. people really need to pause and think about what that means. A president who won't enforce court rulings with which he disagrees, um, as soon as that happens, then people need to recognize um, immediately, you know, we are unraveling the fundamental structures and, and systems that make us a nation of laws. And so uh, there won't be any guardrails to stop him. Scary, huh?
Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And true. Um, by the way, on the Today Show, uh, Liz Cheney was asked, do you think Trump would try to stay in power forever? And uh, Cheney said, absolutely. He's already attempted to seize power and he was stopped, but he will do it again. He's expressed no remorse for what he did on uh, January 6th and the days uh, and weeks leading up to it. Correct. Also, Liz Cheney was on Rachel Maddow, as we said uh, uh, earlier in the show. And uh, here's one of the things she said to Rachel regarding uh, putting radical people in power. See also my prediction about Stephen Miller, for example. First of all, to have a situation where a president who's lost the election, and so we should be going through a transition. And a transition is a period of time when the United States is particularly potentially vulnerable. And especially at the Defense Department, you have to have a a nonpartisan transition. You have to have a situation where people are very focused on what is the good of the country. And people recognize we may have lost the election, but those politics should not um, be part of any kind of decisions that are being made, especially during a transition period. And so to see Donald Trump fire his defense secretary, um, and we know now, of course, much more about what was happening at the time. I was very concerned at the time. He was also replacing other senior leaders at the department. Um, we know now, for example, that he had um, told Johnny McEntee at one point uh, to ensure that the secretary of the Army and the chief of staff of the Army knew that if they issued any more statements saying that the U.S. military had no role in our elections, uh, that they would be fired. And um, that's a, you know, when you combine that with the steps that we know Mike Flynn was urging him to take, Mike Flynn was urging be taken publicly, things like deploying the military in order to rerun elections in swing states. And I think that's one of the real dangers people have to focus on when we think about a potential second Trump administration. You will take those people who were the most radical, the most dangerous, who had the the proposals that were the most dangerous, and he will put them in positions of of you know supreme power, mm. uh, and that's that is uh, that that's a risk that we simply can't take. Yeah, get ready for Secretary of Defense Mike Flynn, for right. example, QAnon Mike Flynn. Right. Here was a, a a rare case of the U.S. military telling the American public the truth yeah. uh, about what it could and could not do in connection exactly. with elections, and Trump wanted to shut that down. Yeah, yeah. Now, there is one thing I want to add here at the end of our Liz Cheney discussion okay. <laughs> that could skew everything we've said a, a little bit. Again, I still say what she said is valid and valuable. However, yes, <laughs> yes there's a Washington Post piece out this morning that uh, notes that uh, Liz Cheney is considering a third-party run for president. Oh, I didn't see that coming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, who didn't know that was coming? Who yeah. didn't know that that's where this was going? And no, because of their views that she, you know, she is radically opposed to everything Bob and I and everyone in this listening audience stands for. Yeah, yeah. Except for democracy. And again, I will uh, accept her help on that. Yeah. But she must not gain. And 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 I worry in this political environment, uh, she may well find, uh, find purchase in the soil. Yeah. Well, you know, I played the game show buzzer sound. Uh-huh. I played that. I think the jury is still out in terms of who she'd take votes away from. I, or, I think or, I think there yeah. are many Republicans who would look for some sort of alternative privately so they wouldn't have to vote for Donald Trump. 
there may be that element that could actually help us. However, there's a, an issue with independent voters, for example, who may vote for Liz Cheney instead of voting for uh, Joe Biden, taking votes away from Joe Biden. Right. So as far as I'm concerned right now, it's a bit of a toss up. Could be. I, I don't know that she's going to do it. I mean, I don't either. And here's why. Yeah. It's too late to get on the ballot in Florida. She, yeah. And and the deadlines uh, are over the next uh, 30 to 60 days. Deadlines will pass in uh, a half dozen other states at least. Uh, she has huh. said, Bob, that she will do, and this is a quote, whatever it takes yeah. to stop Donald Trump. Okay. Uh, what this means exactly or what form this takes, we don't know. Uh, I think, uh, you know, it could be that this threat of a, a third-party run is but a threat. It could yeah. just she may, may not take it any farther than that. So uh, we'll, we'll see what happens here. Time is running out for her. I, I I can see how she could get a lot of support. I can see a lot of Americans favoring her, but maybe she can use that power in another way. Yeah. If she can help us beat Donald Trump, great. Otherwise, Liz, sit down and please be quiet. <laughs> well, she wants, I think, on some level to be part of whatever party arises out of the destruction of the Republican Party. I, first of all, she's, yes. she's forecasting she, yeah. that. She's saying that. She's basically saying that the Republican she, Party needs to die. She said it on many shows over the past she's an uh, old. She's an old Republican at heart, and she yeah. wants that back. Yeah, right. And the only way to do that, I think, is to destroy the existing Republican Party and build something new in its the place. And if she wants to be part of that, she needs to start making more friends. Because <laughs> right now... Yeah. She's someone who doesn't have a lot of friends. She, I mean, see aforementioned Charlie Pierce remarks. Mm -hmm. See some of the remarks that we've made regarding her politics. Yes, yeah, and some of the remarks conservatives have made yeah. about her and how, how she is dismissed by her uh, former colleagues. So if she wants to be part of rebuilding the Republican Party with some support, maybe from moderate conservatives, etc., she's got to do it on the level. And if she Jeez. runs and, and helps Donald Trump win again, which will be verified in the results, you'll be able to see, well, how many votes did Liz Cheney get that went to so-and-so based on the exit right. polls? And, right. and there it is. If she reelects or elects Donald Trump for a second time, right. holy fucking shit, she'll be a person without a country. She may as well just <laughs> flee the nation because she will have yeah. no friends at that point. I'm just saying. Right. But uh, she said here, Washington Post quoted her saying, several years ago, I would not have contemplated a third-party run I happen to think democracy is at risk at home, obviously, as a result of Donald Trump's continuing grip on the Republican Party, and I think democracy is at risk internationally as well. One thing remains true. She did sacrifice a career. She had a pretty good thing going. Yeah. What, number three Republican in, in Congress? Oh, yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, the Cheney family name. Uh, for her, for, from a career standpoint, she was sad. She didn't have to do anything yep. else. But she chose to stand up for democracy. And even though we vehemently disagree with her on abortion and a thousand other things, mm -hmm. we do agree with her on this. And it would be wrong to kick her out of the political bed. Yeah. It would be wrong to to dismiss uh, what what appears to be an offer of help. Yep. Uh, take it. And uh, same with the New York Times. Uh, except their help, a meager though it may be, a corrupt though it and the rest of the mainstream media may be, uh, you know, we'll, we'll take the help where we can get it. And along those lines, in terms of help, I want <laughs> to present yes. a couple of clips of audio that I think will actually help. Uh, and these okay. are Donald Trump clips of audio. We're going to do this after the break because Donald Trump has already said publicly uh -huh. that he wants a redo 
of the first term yeah, of his presidency. Idiot. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, as far as Donald Trump remaining president beyond the constitutionally designated two terms, this is something that Donald Trump is being explicit about. That he deserves that redo of his first term because they spied on his campaign or because of the Russia, Russia, Russia investigation. Whatever his justification is, he thinks the first term should be done over again, which by definition would mean three terms, at least right. for Donald Trump. Yeah, which we right. might as well, when you get to three terms, you might as well yeah. be, well, he's president for life. That's it. Well, that, and, that's, and that's where that's headed, obviously. Yeah, yeah. And, and speaking of redos, this, this is highly unorthodox. Yeah. Do you remember the first, the very first Liz Cheney uh, clip you played today? Yeah, yeah. And, and do you still have that handy? Because yes. I remember thinking at the time when you played it, this needs to be played often. Mm -hmm. Would you mind playing that one more time? Please? Yeah, sure. Here we go. Yeah. The vote for Donald Trump uh, may mean the last election that you ever get to vote in. And again, I, I don't say that lightly. Um, and it, it, I think, is heartbreaking that that's where we are. But people have to recognize that, that a vote for Donald Trump is a vote against the Constitution. There it is. There you go. I, I, you know, I don't think we can hammer that point enough. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Thank well, you for that. Well, we're going to talk about Donald Trump wanting a redo here in just a right. second. Plus, we're going to talk about how Donald Trump said this past weekend yes. that he deliberately raised gas prices. <laughs> oh, that too. Yes. That, and, that, and, that and trying to overturn democracy. Yes. Well, that too, yes. Yeah. Lots of uh, fun still to come here on uh, the Big Tuesday Show. Back after cool. these words. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. You can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out unless you're using Bubble Genius Bath and Body Products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items, too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place, one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com.
Oh yeah, this is Hannah Connolly and a single called Reno. Link in the description, of course, to support Hannah and this single, which you have to have in your record collection now. Go to uh, bobseska.com, find this episode dated 12-5-23. Click that link, scroll on down, you'll find uh, links to support all the independent recording artists on today's show. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for supporting all of the indie bands and recording artists we have here on the podcast. And That's a yeah. nice warm sound for a cold December day. Yes, it is. Hey, you know, we're speaking of that. Yes. You know, we keep it super cold in our apartment, it, right? Yeah, strangely, yes. There's this weird thing about the temperature, and it's something I've just noticed. <laughs> just happened to notice it today. All I right. checked the thermostat, and it's 63 degrees in our apartment. Right. Mm-hmm. It it feels like you could see your breath. It feels frigid in here. It feels it feels like the that you know that uh, final shot of Jack Nicholson in The Shining. <laughs> I yes. feel I feel a little bit like that. I understand. I would feel that way in that temperature environment yeah. myself. Now that I'm used to living in Florida, why is it that 63 degrees inside is freezing, but 63 degrees outside is balmy and kind of short pants weather? Well, it it depends. And I wondered uh, when I moved here, why was uh, 63 degrees comfortable in Northern Virginia and the DC <laughs> suburbs, yeah. and why why does it feel like winter here in Florida? <laughs> and and uh, it's I guess it's a comfort uh, level. It's a comfort factor. Yeah. Uh, it it depends on humidity to a large extent. Uh-huh. Don't you think humidity is a large part of it? I, I think and, it and maybe. Yeah. What's what's the wind speed in your apartment right now? <laughs> Zero. I see. Okay. Yeah. All right. So there's no wind chill factor there. No. But uh, but how uh, humid uh, the weather is. My dad, when he was in the military, was stationed down here. He hmm. said the coldest uh, night in, you know, he slept on the ground in Korea, but he said the coldest <laughs> night he remembers was a 60 degree night in Tampa. Uh, <laughs> but, because because it's so, because it's damp and that, and that dampness cuts right through you. Yeah. So humidity uh, probably has a lot to do with that. But I've noticed, uh, you know, differences, like you said, it it may feel okay outdoors. Maybe it's the warmth of the sun, yeah. you know. And then, and then there's the whole thing about how the house stores heat and loses mm-hmm. heat, and you know, goes through this whole cycle. So it's I, you know, it's all just a crapshoot. I say, uh, set it wherever you're comfortable. Yeah. Well, I just yeah. think it's a matter of expectations. Right. Like you expect it to be warmer inside than outside. I- I read a thing that said you can save, and and to some people, uh, bless their hearts, if this uh, helps them buy groceries, then this is the thing I guess they have to do. Fortunately, I'm not in that situation, but I heard you can save 10% on your utility bill (laughs) by turning your thermostat down 10 degrees. Well, right, it frees you know, to death. Yeah, I'll I'll pay the extra twenty bucks and turn it up. You know, I mean, uh, I just I'm not. You know, I I don't understand that. It's it. I want for that kind of sacrifice. I want a bigger payoff. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, and I should just repeat that the whole meme about Kimberly and I having sex in a refrigerator. Yes. On yes. the Stephanie Miller show. Right. The thing is, our entire apartment. Is a refrigerator. Refrigerator, right. (laughs) That's it. So it's like, yeah, it's a two-bedroom refrigerator. Thank you very much. Food food won't spoil. They can leave food out, and it will stay as fresh as if they kept it in the refrigerator. Exactly. Well, we keep the temperatures cold in here to keep the outrage fresh. So this way, (laughs) we're all ready for a podcast. And we pass the savings on to you. Bingo. Yes, indeed. So, yeah, thank you. Thank Um, you. Okay. So shut up, audience, because I'm about to play something serious. All right. There they go. 
I got to play this clip because we really need to reinforce this over and over again. We got to get the word out. Those of you listening in, please repeat that you heard this. You've heard Donald Trump say it himself. This is uh, not anything new as far as this show goes. We've played this clip before, but here's Donald Trump in 2020. This is just a few years ago talking about how he deserves a redo of his first term. We are going to win four more years. Uh, sorry about this. I should have cut this out, but you know. red hats. They were denied. Yeah. <laughs> and then after that, we'll go for another four years because uh-huh. you know what? They spied on my campaign. We should get a redo of four years. There it is. There it is. Okay, so there's that. I don't even know if he remembers making that comment, but it does not change his long-term goal of becoming president for life. Oh, this is, I could do a whole, like, Daily Show-style montage of him saying this, because he said it, when he says these things at rallies, he said it repeatedly, rally after rally after rally. Always goes back to the greatest hits. And uh, those of you who listen to Hal Sparks' Mega Worldwide know that, uh, you know, this is something that he has said many, many times. And you question, well, how is he going to be able to do that? What's he going to be, what levers is he going to pull in order to be able to get additional terms as president? Well, we already talked about some of those levers in the first segment. But here he is actually saying what levers he's going to pull in order to do it. And when we go through courts, if we ever even have to do it. Oh, and by the way, I should set this up. This was just a couple of days ago. This wasn't during the 2020 campaign. This was over the weekend. And note the parenthetical, if we ever even have to do it. And when we go through courts, if we ever even have to do it, because you have presidential privilege and also, if we ever, we should never have to do that. But if we do, we want to re- do the election only from the standpoint we want that election we want to look at it very carefully we have so much information okay let's play there the first part one one more time buzz because okay. i'm, I'm right. so glad you emphasized it and when yeah. we go through courts if we ever even have to do it because you have presidential privilege and- there it is there it is he we, thinks- we, don't need, we, we don't have to go through the courts yes because he's got something called presidential privilege mm-hmm which is not an actual term for something, but we know exactly what he's going to do. We know what he's talking about here. He's talking about using all of his loyalists who have at this point already infiltrated the government because he's appointed them. We're talking about fast forwarding to the 2028 election. And they're going to make sure that the election is, if the election is held at all, It's going to be one of those sort of third world style elections where suddenly Donald Trump wins the election with 98% of the vote. That's kind of a possibility if there's an election at all. Again, right, right. He may just decide, well, no, we're going to pull the plug on the election. And you know why? He's going to have some sort of crazy justification for it, too. Like uh, maybe it's part of invoking the Insurrection Act, which is actually part of Project 2025, as we said. Right. There are a number of things that he can do. Uh, we were talking about this during the 2020 campaign. Like, uh, Donald Trump's the sort of person that's going to go, okay, make me. Make, make right. me not do this thing that I want to do. And even then, he'll disregard if he wants to. Yeah. So let's say the Supreme Court says, well, no, you can't. What are you doing? You can't run for another term. You can't, the, you can't be president after this. He says, well, yeah, make me. Do, what are you going to do? Right. What, what, you and what army, Supreme Court, is going to drag me out of this goddamn building? I mean, he was planning to not leave the White House. Uh, who was saying right. it recently? Who was saying that he was planning on 
not leaving. It was either, God, I want to say it was Cassidy Hutchinson. Someone was saying recently that yeah, he was you're planning, right. yeah, he was planning I, to yeah, not I'm, leave. I'm as stumped as you are, but I, I, there's, God, there's so much to keep track of. <laughs> I know. But I can confirm the thing you don't remember. Well, a lot like <laughs> The Godfather, a lot, a lot like Don Corleone and, and The Godfather. <laughs> Sorry I keep going over this Barzini business, but this is, this is important that we need to reiterate this over and over right. again until it sinks in. This is not about $3 gas. This is not about uh, bread being 20 cents more than it was uh, last year. This is about democracy. This is about fascism. This is about persecution. All these people going around protesting like Jewish-owned restaurants in Philadelphia, et cetera, have no fucking idea what they're asking for, what they're begging by damaging Joe Biden, by, un I should say, unfairly damaging Joe Biden. What right. they are asking for is a president who... You know, in his first week, if not on day one, is going to re-implement his Muslim ban and expand it. Uh, he's going to set up camps for immigrants. People are going to be rounded up en masse and interned in these concentration camps, so to speak. That's something that's actually, well, it's, all, it's all written down. It's all part of the plan. You can look it up. We, there's a website. We'd better have the means to stop it. Yep. Oh, yeah. By the way, Donald Trump went full birth of a nation, speaking of elections. <laughs> You know, there's a scene in Birth of a Nation where uh, the Ku Klux Klan is trying to disrupt black people from voting. And that's exactly what Donald Trump was talking about at one of his rallies over the weekend. Let's listen to this. Talk about that because I had to save the oil company. Oh, wait, wait, that's the wrong clip. Here we go. <laughs> where, where is it? All right, here we go. But we've been waging an all-out war. And oh, you know what? That's not it either. Oh, you know what? I just have the quote. I don't have the audio. <laughs> ah. <laughs> All right, here's the quote. The most important part of what is coming up is to guard the vote. And you should go into Detroit, Philadelphia, and some of these places, Atlanta, and you should go into some of these places, and we have to watch those votes. Hmm. So, yeah. What so do Detroit, Philadelphia, and Atlanta have in common? Let me think. Yep. Yep, those are black voters that they yes. plan to try to disenfranchise with exactly. their goon squads, right? Exactly. And there are militias who are just dying to do this. Militias stocking up firearms. You know, they eventually want to use these guns, right? If you got an entire right. arsenal, you're going to fire some off. It's like Jay Leno having this giant garage, like airplane hangar full of cars and not ever driving them. Of course he's going to drive them. What's the point of having them if you don't drive them? So anyway, um, now and now that I've gotten myself organized as far as sound goes, here's Donald Trump talking about, and this is, again, this is a rally over the weekend, talking right. about how he conspired with the Saudis and the Russians to deliberately raise gas prices. If your on-the-fence swing voter uncle is like, hey, you know what, i got to vote for Donald Trump because of gas prices, remind them of this. Talk about that because I had to save the oil companies that were all going to go bust. I said, this is the first time I've ever said we got to get it up a little bit. I actually called Russia and the king of Saudi Arabia. We had a three-way call, mm -hmm. and we cut back on the oil because it was so Jesus. incredible. I'm sure he had a three-way with Saudis and Russians. Of course he did. To raise gas prices. Well, at least there was plenty of lube. <laughs> I don't know. I, you know, when it gets this dark, I'm looking for any uh, splinter of light. That's right. Yeah, aforementioned three-way. Okay, right. and here's Donald Trump also saying that he's waging war on American democracy. This was part of a short circuit, just to be clear. But he said it. He said it. We are waging war on American democracy. But we've been waging an all-out war on American democracy. You 
Of course the he truth, has. The yeah. truth will out. Yep. <laughs> Fuck. Okay. But his, he's fine. His mentally, he's fine. Yeah, don't, he's all there. Don't yeah. give it another thought. Yeah, his cheese yeah, isn't I, slipping I off his cracker I, or anything I, I, like I, that. Please yeah. tell me, uh, people listening to us today, please tell me that uh, we have the means to stop this. Yes, please, please. All hands on deck. I can't say right. it enough. This is an emergency situation. Liz Cheney is saying it. It's a five-alarm emergency for American democracy, for the future of the republic. We can't get distracted with non-priority items. We have to make sure we go into uh, this election, go into this election year with our priorities in order. And the first priority before anything else can be done is to save democracy. Because if we don't, climate, gone. Uh, With it, humanity, gone. You know, voting rights, gone. I mean, we could do this whole list. Reproductive rights, gone. We know that for a fact. Your medical care, gone. Yeah, health care. Oh, God, that's a huge one. Donald Trump right. reiterating in the past few days that he's going to try to repeal the Affordable Care Act again, and this time, I think he's going to do it. Let us not forget, yeah. Yeah, and the key to that, by the way, don't get dragged down the pre-existing condition rabbit hole because that obviously is a big concern. People with pre-existing conditions getting booted off their health care if he repeals the Affordable Care Act. It's not just that. Everyone's insurance is going to cost more. You get rid of the Affordable Care Act and the consumer protections in it. Everyone's insurance is going to cost more and cover less. That's how that's going to work. You know, for example, one of the things that's going to happen, one of the things that's going to come back into practice if the Affordable Care Act is repealed is this practice known as rescission, where as soon as you get sick or injured, your health insurance company cancels your insurance. Right. As soon as you get cancer, as soon as you're in a car accident. Well, uh, we didn't, shit. We didn't, we didn't think you were, we didn't think you were going to make a claim. <laughs> exactly right. Uh, That's, yeah, right. And they find some sort of justification. Oh, your previous uh, premium payment was 24 hours late or whatever excuse they'll come up with to make it seem as though it's on the level. If they come up with an excuse at all, it'll just right. be, ah, fuck. You know what? Your policy is no longer valid. Bye-bye. Good luck I'm sorry. to you. Who, who are you again? Yeah, yes, right, one. right. So all of that uh, reoccurs. The rescission thing happens again, and it's a nightmare. But you know what? Maybe maybe you'll pay less than $3 a gallon for gas. Maybe, or you'll pay more. As he said, he's already uh, talked to the Saudis and the Russians. Right. If he needs to raise the price, he will. He's had a three-way with Putin and the king of Saudi Arabia. That's nice. That's good to hear. I hope people are hearing that. And, and that's my concern. That's one of my many concerns, <laughs> is that the people who need to hear what he's saying at his rallies right. aren't hearing it. True. Because you know what Fox News is doing these days? They're breaking in and stopping the rally broadcast to fact check him or to just go to a commercial break. So some of that shit's not getting out. And I well, assure you the fact that, checks are falling on deaf ears. It, 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 yeah, I think Trump has a town hall on Fox News tonight. So Oh, be, great. That should, be, that should be interesting. With his bestie, Sean Hannity, I'm sure. Uh, oh, no doubt, no doubt. Oh, God. Sean's okay. on a roll. In the meantime, Jim Comer is uh, doing his best to uh, elect Donald Trump again by uh, <laughs> tossing just absolutely bullshit accusations against uh, Joe Biden and Hunter Biden. Bullshit. As stupid as Comer makes himself look, his message is getting through to the stupid people he's trying to reach. <laughs> yeah. And we've said it a gazillion times. You can say it along with me. We've said it 11 billion times. The fact is that uh, they don't need actual crimes or wrongdoing. 
All they need is the image, the optics of wrongdoing. Oh, look at this. Payments of $1,300 from Hunter Biden to Joe Biden. Oh, my God. Something hinky is going on here. Crimes, crimes, impeachable crimes. No, 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 no. They were, this latest Jim Comer allegation is that there were three payments of $1,300 that occurred in September, October, November of 2018, when, by the way, Joe Biden had left the vice presidency and had not declared that he was going to run in 2020. These were actually for a 2018 Ford Raptor truck that Joe Joe Biden had purchased that. These are payments totaling barely over $4,000. Yeah. Do you think, you know... Joe Biden, not in office, not vice president, not president, not and 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 the repayment of a loan to the tune of four thousand dollars. Four, yeah, four thousand dollars is gonna is is a definition of corruption. You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna be corrupt, you're gonna go for like four million dollars. <laughs> exactly, you know, four thousand dollars is what they call in Washington chump change. Yeah, or you're gonna go for seven million dollars, right? Which is how much money Donald Trump collected from China, and not just Chinese people or Chinese business, the Chinese government-run industrial and commerce bank. China. 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 China paid him $7 million to rent space two floors Mm -hmm. in Trump Tower in Manhattan while Donald Trump was president. China. Yeah. Oh, my God, that's so loud. All the, all the while, a Republican screaming about Joe Biden's in bed with China. No, it's you know, it's everything that they accuse uh, is what they are up to. So again, these were actually for a 2018, according to the Washington Post, a 2018 Ford Raptor truck Joe Biden had purchased that Hunter Biden was borrowing, according to an email right. verified by a right, Washington right. Post forensic analysis. So, uh, yeah, I'm going with the Washington Post on this and not Jim Comer and his pile of bullshit. <laughs> and and, and he's, he's exposed now to you and to me and to the media as an idiot. Uh, but this will mean nothing because his message of the Bidens are corrupt has gotten through to the base. Yeah. Oh, and by and, the way, uh, there's I, no unringing that bell. Exactly. And you know what else? I forgot this about uh, Trump and, and China. China. Uh, Trump has 114 trademarks in China. Which right. he never disclosed when he was president. Ivanka has them, right? Uh, yeah, Ivanka. You know what? Ivanka has fewer trademarks. Fewer, but uh, has them. For, uh, 41, uh, yeah. based on last check. In, just a few uh, dozen. Just a few dozen, Bob. Yep. Trump has offices and bank accounts in Shanghai. And you know what? Sometimes I write that uh, on Twitter. I write Shanghai. And I wonder if people realize that Shanghai is in China. I don't know. Sh- should I it's, say it's from now on, point confusing. of order, do I say China? Bank accounts in China. I should. Yeah, I should oh, say that. Yeah, yeah, you know what? I think you should. I think you should. Yeah. Uh, and then Trump's China revenue spiked by $17.5 million in 2018. Oh. I mean, I'm sorry, not 2018, 2017. His first year as president. Right. His revenue from China increased over 2016 by $17.5 million. And that was the point of his presidential campaign. Of course. Was to boost uh, the the Trump empire. Yes. So, uh, good job. He's done it. He's absolutely done it. It's working. He is in bed with China. He's in bed with Russia. Obviously in bed with the Saudis. This is an ongoing thing. This is an axis. This is an axis of fascist autocracy that is spreading around the globe, being foisted upon the people, dupes, by uh, Russian propaganda and disinformation. 
And people are sucking it down like Coca-Cola. Oh, it's yeah. It's infuriating. It's working. What yeah. are we doing? Yeah, I don't know. Um, we're we're trying, you know, doing we're, our best. I, we, I, I feel like we're floundering, and we can't afford that. We have 11 yeah. months here to get this right. Well, uh, we keep making all the stops because they keep ringing the bell, as uh, <laughs> exactly. Kramer once said on Seinfeld. Exactly. Yeah, you know what I mean? So, right. okay. Coming up here, uh, just a bit of news, some legal news regarding Donald Trump, Mark Meadows, and Rudy Giuliani in uh, Fulton County. Mm -hmm. This is some good news here. We're going to end the show on some good news. Excellent. Obviously, George Santos. We're going to talk about that. Plus, something I predicted about these DNA sample companies, like 23andMe. Uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Wait till you hear about this. More podcasts still to come right after these messages. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. Bob Seska plays more music. my favorites. I love Marina Rocks. You know why? Because she rocks. See see how I did that? Uh, This is a song called Dumb and Down, of course, one of her singles from 2023. Replaying some of our favorites here in December at the end of the year. All right. BobSeska.com to uh, support Marina Rocks. Also, bobseska.com slash music to submit your work to the show. And all new music being submitted this month, we're pushing off to uh, January. So we will get to your singles in January. Right now, we're just uh, replaying some of our favorites here uh, from 2023. So we've got to send a special thank you and happy birthday to Mike Farley, who sends us a lot of our favorite uh, musicians here on the show. And we couldn't do it without Mike. And of course, thanks, Mike. And happy birthday. He and his wife, Jen, are also musicians themselves, and we love playing their work, too. In fact, uh, I think we have a Christmas song by the Farleys coming up in our uh, indie music playlist that we post on our on our Patreon page. And by the way, speaking of that, 
I've got a special bonus this year for our Patreon subscribers. Yes. Not only will they hear the indie Christmas playlist this year, uh-huh. as we do always, and there are some new tracks in there, by the way. One track uh-huh. from uh, my friend Seth Adam is going to uh-huh. has got a new oh, Christmas nice. song out. You know those videos that you get on streaming right now? They're called Yule Log videos. Oh, uh, yes. Uh-huh. What we're going to do is we have our very own Yule Log video that we're going to present with the sound of the Indie Christmas playlist as one thing. So if you're having a holiday party, you can bring up the Patreon page on your TV and play our Yule Log video full screen. Or you can, I think you'll be able to download the MP4 as well and play it full screen and have it on as you have your Christmas party or as you just lounge around the house uh, drinking eggnog and uh, eating too many carbs as I I will be doing. <laughs> and so the Yule Log video will be something fun and special. I'm not going to reveal what it is, but it will. You'll, you'll see it. If you subscribe to our Patreon page, you'll see it. You'll get it. You'll enjoy it. I'm sure mm-hmm. that you will. Interesting. Okay, yes. So uh, more to come here uh, on the show still today. Um, Trump, Mark Meadows, and Rudy Giuliani are not, not going to get plea deals. <laughs> it is... If they're convicted, that means they will go to prison. Or or some, for Donald Trump, I guess, some version of prison, depending on how the uh, Secret Service situation operates. This this stands to be very interesting. I know the the judge in the Georgia case is now uh, looking at, he hasn't set trial dates yet. He's a little nervous about that, considering all the other trials that are going on. So he's not sure where to set it, but... He has, uh, we understand, virtually decided that he will split the remaining 14 defendants, so four of the, or what is it, uh, 14 or 15 defendants, mm-hmm. into into two groups. Yeah. Uh, four, four have already flipped. Uh, so now the Trump 19 is down to the Trump 15, and they will likely be split into two groups, and each group, uh, you know, tried separately, so, uh, these two groups. And, of course, in one of these groups is going to be Donald Trump, Rudy Giuliani at all. Yes, and Fonnie Willis is saying to those people if they want a plea deal... No! No! That's it for them. Goodbye. You're right right out the window with you. I I can see Fonnie Willis as someone who would grab someone by the scruff and just toss them out a window. She seems like she's capable of that. Tough guy, eh? (laughs) Yeah. God, Fonnie Willis should be running the Democratic Party. Her and Stacey Abrams need to be running the show. More black women from Georgia need to be running the Democratic Party. I'm not being silly and stupid by saying that. I'm I'm absolutely 1,000% deadly serious about that. They get the shit done. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Getting shit done. Holy shit. The House of Representatives voted to expel George Santos. We, of course, were talking about the 80s on the after party, so we didn't cover this on Friday. Uh, yeah, this is over. So we're, we're, we're saying, get this straight now. Marjorie Taylor Greene, uh, Matt Gates, uh, <laughs> those folks, they're all fine. Yeah. But, but yeah. Santos had to go. He was the only one who dressed well. You yeah, know, I yeah. don't know. I think a lot of us are going to miss him. Uh, it, this was such a distraction all along. That's all this has ever been. Obviously, it was a, an ego trip for him and yeah. a chance to, and, and a grift. Uh, for money, uh, and and he will be punished by the law for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sorry that we've all spent so much time on this because it is a distraction from, you know, losing democracy. You know what George Santos did? He whizzed on the electric fence, and you know... Don't whiz on the electric fence. 
Exactly. There's a, yeah. there's a there's a penalty or penalty for that. Yes. Now that all is said and done, Buzz, uh, I want to yes. come clear about the is fact it, that is all said and done, Bob. I don't think I it is. Do. I'm just no, saying. Okay. All this, right. This chapter of the George Santos saga. Yes. I have not spent a lot of time covering George Santos on this show. I don't know if you've right. noticed that. Good. Yes, I have. Because I, I feel that. as though George Santos is out for one thing. And that is clout. He wants the clout. And you know what? Even after mm. he's been expelled from Congress, still getting the clout. There was a Bowen Yang sketch on SNL giving yeah. George Santos more attention to clout that he's craving. Obviously, this is someone who does stunts for clout. This is someone who I think uh, there's define, a... There's, define, there's, define clout. He's he's a powerless fool. He I, To me, he just does this for attention, he, which well, that, is a separate it. issue. That's than it. Clout. Yeah. Attention, I mean, clout indicates some power. I don't think he... No, well, no. Power is the power of the attention because everything I, now... I Okay. In the social media age, everything is about attention. It doesn't matter where you get it. As uh, long, I mean, there are countless videos all over TikTok and YouTube of people doing stupid shit to themselves, right? For attention. See also Tide Pod Challenge, etc. Right, right, right. And so this is kind of a thing to act like an asshole and get attention because you're a lying asshole. And to make money and to grift, you know, which yeah. he also did, yeah. of course. And, you know, ultimately, unlike Donald Trump, George Santos has no real power. So right. paying you. attention to him, feeding his social media clout, the fact that uh -huh. there, there's probably going to be a made-for-TV movie or made-for-streaming movie oh, God, about George no. Santos, further deifying him as a thing that we've had to deal with, making him feel as though he's getting the attention that he's craving. And so, yeah, that's why I haven't spent a whole lot of time talking about Talking about George Santos, I never really saw him as a threat. America yeah. seized upon this, you know. They they yeah. seize on these these cult or culture figures, exactly, uh, or pop culture. He was a pop. He was a cartoon. Yeah. He was a pop culture figure, <laughs> exactly. and America seized on that. Mm. And uh, once again, not paying attention, not keeping their eye on the ball of oh, say democracy. Exactly. So right. finally, here I noticed this story from TechCrunch uh, this morning, and mm. I had that for breakfast. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, on TechCrunch, which is America's favorite breakfast cereal, apparently. Right. God, that's got, we got to make that a thing. Um, <laughs> so the headline is, and this, I hate to say I told you so. Okay. No, but, you love that. You actually love that. But it, go ahead. Yeah, I know I do. Um, <laughs> you know the the DNA samples that you right. you take and you send them yes. off to some place and then they tell you what your ancestry is and all that right. shit. You predisposed to athletic endeavors and whatever they can derive from your genetics. Mm -hmm. Well, I've never participated in one of those things because I've been concerned that in the age of hacking that crazy people are going to hack one of these companies and then suddenly get a hold of your genetic information. Right. And as we are on the verge of things like cloning and manipulation of genes and so forth, do you really want that information out there? I'm just asking. And then so I noticed this story this morning from, as you said, TechCrunch, which is your, right. your favorite breakfast cereal. <laughs> The headline is 23andMe confirms hackers stole ancestry data on 6.9 million users. Right. Let's just let's just let's just round it up and call it 7. 7 million. <laughs> 7 million users. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you. On Friday, genetic testing company 23andMe announced that hackers accessed the personal data of 0.1% of customers or about 14,000 individuals. Now wait, there's more. The company also said that by accessing those accounts, hackers were also able to access, quote, 
a significant number of files containing profile information about other users' ancestry. But 23andMe would not say how many other users were impacted by the breach that the company initially disclosed in early October. My, my number one suspect in this case is Ancestry.com. I think they <laughs> actually broke into 23andMe. As it turns out, Buzz, there yes. were a lot of, quote, other users who were victims of this data breach. 6.9 million affected yeah, or, individuals or, in total. As we call it, seven, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. In an email sent to TechCrunch late Saturday, 23andMe spokesperson Katie Watson confirmed that hackers accessed the personal information of about 5.5 million people who opted in to 23andMe's DNA relatives feature which allows customers to automatically share some of their data with others. The stolen data included the person's name, birth year, relationship labels, the percentage of DNA shared with relatives, oh, ancestry, ancestry reports, and uh, self-reported location. That's not good. Yeah, no, not good at all. 23andMe also confirmed that another group of about 1.4 million people who opted into DNA relatives also, quote, had their family tree profile information accessed which okay. includes display names, relationship labels, birth year, self-reported location, and whether the user decided to share their information, the spokesperson said. I guess it could have been worse <laughs> to put a rosy patina on this, but I don't know. No, it's, and, that's and, pretty it's still, bad. And, and I see no reason why it won't be worse in the future. It could, could very well happen. But I'll tell you this, Bob Siska. Yes. You have, you have every right. And, and if I were in your shoes, I too would say I told you so. Because my experience has been, eh, you're almost always right. If, if not always. So I know, wish I think, that were true. By, uh, saying is... I told, by saying I told you so, then people, maybe they'll learn to listen to you. Yes, you should listen to me, even yes. though I am yeah. wrong sometimes. And yeah, you know what? Know. But here's the thing, just to be completely honest about this. Yeah. When I'm wrong, uh -huh. I generally say that I'm wrong. And I, I feel as though more of us we, need we, to do we that. Both, we both tried to do that through our careers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I make corrections where necessary. And, you know, there are bits of information that I'm wrong on. I mean... Uh, I can't think of a, a recent example. <laughs> nothing, nothing comes to mind. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. I just well, the, the reason nothing comes to mind is because I delete that from my brain. I'm like, because yeah, if I didn't, I would dwell right. on it constantly. Oh, you can't, you can't keep track of all yeah, that. You don't, you don't want to keep a scoreboard like that at all. But th when I, when I can remember when I've been wrong, uh, right. it's one of those things that uh, haunts me at like three o'clock in the morning. I'll wake up in the middle of the night and I'll be like, oh my god, that was really cringe. I was so wrong on that thing. <laughs> well, yeah, I got that uh, name uh, wrong uh, or that information. Wrong. Yeah. You, you know what else? Uh, one week from today is our last show of the year together. Yes, that's right. Our last Tuesday show, our last, last Tuesday fresh show. Tuesday show uh, next week. I can't believe that's already upon us. Yeah. I can't believe that next week is the last week of shows. That's right. You'll, we'll, you'll soon be free. <laughs> We're going to be off for a couple of weeks after that, uh, right. obviously, as we normally do. Like but everyone I, else. I feel as though I can justify being off for two weeks in December and off for two weeks in July. Right. Because we always do these shows. I think right. we are consistent in terms of not you, missing a show in between those vacations. You, you don't know what lengths we go to yeah. not to miss these shows. I know. <laughs> and I, Well, obviously, I have to, uh, I mean, this is something that I should be saying at the end of the year, but I guess here we are. It's you and Jody and David and Kimberly going uh, far beyond the call of duty to, uh, to be here every time uh, there's another show. And I, I, I'm so grateful for that. I'm so appreciative of uh, your participation. And uh, it's, you know, the thing I look forward to most every week. And Wouldn't, wouldn't yeah. miss it, dude. 
There you go. Okay. <laughs> Shatter Docket coming up next. Uh, we're going to be talking about, uh, oh, Buzz has some things to say about the CW. Yeah, again. Yeah. Uh, some anti-Semitic horse shit. Oh, good. That's my favorite kind of horse shit. My, you know what? No, it's my least favorite kind of horse shit. I am confused. And uh, so much more. Patreon.com slash Bob Seska Show. See you over there, folks. Bye-bye.